What up? It's Yens from Hip Hop Twitter Podcast with a quick message to let y'all know that we now have merch. You like t-shirts? Well, we got them. We also have mugs, we have stickers, and magnets. So if you want to have any of those items, all you need to do is go to tpublic.com and search Vegas World INC and you'll find everything that you need. Vegas and I would like to say thank you for your support. Peace. Apparently they dragged me on Twitter. I don't give a because Twitter's not a real place. What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Hip Hop Twitter. I am your host, Vegas. This podcast is available where I'm being very dramatic. Wherever you get podcasts, doesn't matter if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, but more importantly, Anchor. You can subscribe, you can like, you can comment, and 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 tell your friends about it because um, this is what we do. Also, please know if you heard it in the beginning, it's not just an intro for intro's sake, but we do have merch. We have logo items, shirts, stickers, mugs. Uh, there's masks and shit. I don't know if anybody wears that anymore. Uh, plus, <laughs> they're so damn thin, you might as well just get the damn COVID yourself. Uh, <laughs> but, but nevertheless... We have logo items. The link is in the description of this episode. And on this special episode of Hip Hop Twitter, we have another guest joining us for this season. He is probably at this point well known on Twitter for sharing his opinion about music in general and pretty active in Twitter combat. Not as active as Black Twitter is on uh, Queen Elizabeth today, but that's neither here there. Uh, <laughs> Yens, I, that is one thing that I did see uh, on Twitter. Uh, but Tony from IntoTheDome.com and That Time in Hip Hop and Championship Rounds Podcast. What's good, man? And the Dome Podcast, don't forget. And the uh, Dome Podcast, don't forget doing a that. Everything. But yeah, man, what's going on, fellas? Uh, everything is good on my end, man. All right, good. What's up, Tom? Ain't nothing, brother. Good. Good. good to hear from you. Glad to have you, man. Absolutely. And with us, as always, met him in person. And I was looking very greasy in the uh, photo we took because <laughs> it was hot as <laughs> outside <laughs> in New Orleans. Word. Yentz, what's good, man? What's happening, big? Yeah, man. Look, it it was <laughs> it was hot. It's always hot. So there ain't no way around this. Shit. And yeah, man, it's so dope to be able to shake your hand. We, you know, we didn't already chop it up so many times, seeing mm-hmm. you face to face through other podcasts and stuff, but it was very, very cool just to walk up to you and embrace you and talk to you man to man. So yeah, it was dope. Very dope. And for those in hip-hop Twitter, Twitter world, real people exist, right? <laughs> you, can, you can actually see motherfuckers and shake their hands and shit like that. So, all right, man. Well, it's been a busy week for me at work. I've been offline for a while. So, Yentz, what the f*** are people talking about on hip-hop Twitter today? None of the Carter Adam albums by Lil Wayne can touch Straight out of Cashville by Young Buck. Straight out of what? Huh? Ca- Cashville. 
Straight out of Cashville. That I, that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> None of the car. Does anyone remember Straight Out of Cashville? I well, I think I it mean, was okay. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Straight Out of Cashville was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. None of the Carter albums can touch. All right. First of all, this we call bull on that, right? Because <laughs> I mean, look, let's let's just keep it funky, right? It's fine if you don't like Lil Wayne or if you weren't impressed by any of the Carter albums. But there's a reason why the series is popular. That's why he's on number 10 or 15 or 20, whatever it is. He's not on that many. But no one's really talking about Young Buck. And honestly, I totally forgot about that album, to be honest, until you mentioned it. Tone, you see like this all the time on Twitter, man. What do you think about this tweet? That's one of those situations where those kind of tweets start from someone who just doesn't like Lil Wayne. It's, it's bogus bullshit. We see it 24-7. I mean, look, let me say this. Young Buck, is, was, he had his moment. He's a good MC. Straight out of Cashville was a good album. Came out around 2004, and that's doing 50-cent height. So everyone that dropped something within his camp did a good mm. job. They had good production. Right. Dude ain't a bad MC. You know what I'm saying? His personal life is what kind of tainted a lot of stuff that he did during that little time with G-Unit and stuff like that, man. But that album is good. But let's be damn serious. This <laughs> album don't touch the Carter 1, 2, or 3. I ain't right. like mention nothing else. But the Carter 2 is arguably Lil Wayne's best album as far as lyrically and production was. Carter 3 made yeah. him a superstar. And Carter 1 is what brought him to the national scene. And it just got too much heat. So, yeah, that's just, that's nonsense by somebody who doesn't like Lil Wayne. That's just typical hip-hop Twitter at times. It goes crazy. Mm. So, not, not, nothing to be alarmed. It's BS. <laughs> what do you say, Yens? Well, um, I agree the same thing. Yeah, Cashville, 2004. The, um, there's nine joints off. I, I don't remember the exact track listing, but there's nine of them on there that I personally think are, are pretty dope. So now at first when I read this tweet, I thought they was like saying combined. It's it's better than all five quarters combined. And I can't I can't do that. Jesus. I can't do that. I can't say combined. But like if you if you go, I don't know, I guess if you went track for track, you might you might find a little something here there. And I agree with Tone. Uh Call the two and three, or uh, in my opinion, the best two of the five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one, yeah. I mean, all, all of them are dope. We we can't we can't say that they're not. But I would say two of the five quarters are well better than Cashville. Then after that, okay, you know, I mean, the, the fifth one, I think there's like forty songs on there. So, you know, that gets a little bloated. And everything like that, but um, yeah. Overall, I don't think Cashville could take all five at once. But like, if you kind of split them up, you it might you know look a little different. So there you have it. Yince is the only on Twitter who's recently heard Young Buck's debut album, whatever the <laughs> Cashville. I I don't remember the title that quick. I forgot. <laughs> uh, but I but you know what you. 
I mean, I remember it being good. You know what I'm saying? Like, not mind-blowing. Obviously not memorable because I've already forgot. But I think, I think, like you said, man, some of it is trolling um, and, and trying to get a reaction based off of the popularity of Lil Wayne. And sometimes people are just more excited to say the unpopular thing because it gets attention. You know? Right. Right. Um, but attention whores get fucked. So what else are people talking about on hip hop Twitter? The South is just as biased as they claim the East Coast, mainly oh New York. Is. Oh, my God. Here we, here we go. Let's get it. We got two Southern gentlemen on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, let's let the guests go. Tone, what do you say to this? Every region is going to have some sense of home some sense of if you want to use the word bias, then then so be it. We we relate to what we see on a daily. But I think a lot of the the bias that comes now with the South is because you know it's one of the things where anytime someone well not everyone obviously but a lot of people from the North, especially New York and the boroughs, if they don't if you get into a real serious hip hop debate with them, then they want to throw in hey but you from the South or you from North Carolina. I've heard that so many times on Twitter. I'm like yeah but. I was scratching records and running MC before you was born, mother. So what's, what, what difference do it make? You know what I'm saying? So, but since we always we dealt with that in the '90s with the Source magazine, we dealt with that with you know with a lot of sense of pride when Outkast got booed at the Source Awards. Andre said what he said. There was a sense of pride because that bias was there. So at some point, we did kind of shut down a lot of a lot of love for for upstate in, in, in spurts. So yeah, I think now the South became a little bit more biased. Uh, because of the treatment, you know what I'm saying? To be real, which is like, look, it's not no country bumpkin shit. We understand what hip hop is. We understand everything, every aspect of the culture. You know what I'm saying? But soon as someone doesn't agree with you and they're from one of the five boroughs, they start that you from the South country boy shit, and that's just not going to float. And I, I know you guys seen me before go in on people for that nonsense. If I'm from Compton, for example, the Dog Pound Dog Food album might resonate with me more than then damn the infamous, you know what I'm saying? We're having P talking about running through Queensbridge and and and, and all this Hempstead and all this. I'm from Compton. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about going down Slauson. You know what I'm saying? So it's not gonna resonate with me. So Dog Pound album might be better to me. So that there is a sense of certain bias if I'm from Atlanta or even New Orleans, for example, like yes or whatever. So yeah, it's gonna be some bias in every region. But I, I do think that the South has increased our bias a little bit because we got tired of that from New York, to be honest with you. What you say, Yance? <laughs> Tone makes a, a, a valid point. I, but I think that the bias isn't really people on the ground. I think the bias came from print media, uh, yeah. radio, that kind yeah. of stuff. I think that's where the bias really showed up. And then, of course, once the word starts getting thrown around and people on the ground, you know, start talking about it as we are then you know as as tone said yeah you know if you me being from here i've heard a lot more and also wait, hold on let's say this your age plays a little bit in this and yeah. I, I hate to say that too but right, right. like it's i true. come i come from a time where there wasn't really nothing really going on for as the south hip-hop right so of course, you you coming from East Coast and move East Coast to West, and and then came like kind of came back, 
And then you had, you know, your your, your South and, and Midwest and everything like that. So, of course, in the beginning, when all you really heard was East Coast hip hop, you didn't have anything if you were from the South to kind of like say, OK, they, they speak into what I grew up seeing and stuff like that. So then you started having, you know, Ghetto Boys, UGK and stuff like that and Outkast, you know, and then, you know, you, you started having more of a movement within the South and Midwest and everything like that. And so, yeah, you know, cats would say, you know, I can remember listening to Wu-Tang and people's like, man, we listening to these the, to the convicts. We're not listening to no, no Wu-Tang, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we ain't listening to no Kung Fu rap, you know, that kind of shit. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, you had that. But like I said, I think I think it's more print media and, and, and uh, radio. But yes, shows. remember, though, you got to We also have to remember because we're from the same kind of era and uh -huh. the media is powerful, especially when we think about the 90s. At some point, the mm -hmm. Source magazine, for example, was the hip hop Bible. That's no that's no cliche. It really was. I mean, we ran to the store every month to get the Source magazine. And then we got double XL and then several other um, magazines, but that's how powerful the media was. Vegas from New York, you know how powerful radio is, and when it came to Hot 97, and even the college uh, radio stations back then, whatever you pushed, especially mm. from the East Coast. I mean, I'm from North Carolina, so we love the East Coast. Don't get it twisted. We love New York because, again, like you said, yes, at some point you had, like, you know, Jermaine Dupri and all of them. You didn't have the spitters yet down South. You know right. what I'm saying? So we, we rock with New York, and we rock with the West Coast because, Again, being in North Carolina, we kind of in the middle. You, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. but the media did play a huge role in the power of radio. Vague, no, been in radio all these years. Radio has power because radio was the first internet. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's that's a lot of influence on different writers doing write-ups on albums and doing write-ups on artists and things of that nature. I mean, think real quick. You know, Vague and I did a um episode on that time in hip hop. But what if the, what if Illmatic didn't get five mics? So think about how powerful the source was. What if Illmatic got four mics? Yeah. Then hip-hop changes in New York during that time for Nas and for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Power of the media. Oh, which yeah, is no a, question. Which is a very, I won't say slept on, but I think slept on in the sense of our perspective of um that album, right? Because people tend to talk about Illmatic in the same sense where we dissected uh, the reaction, right? What if the source didn't give Nas so much coverage for Illmatic? You know, would would it be? And like Tone said, what he didn't get as much coverage is rated is only in the review section and it's four mites. You know, they kind of built the mystique of the album before it dropped, mm -hmm. um, which is what we covered versus what you know even. Um, fully staffed publications don't even cover in that sense, but they probably will because they still the internet anyway. Uh, but <laughs> I agree with I, I agree with both of y'all from that perspective, um, space especially from a historical perspective. But hence I was I was thinking about age, but I'm coming from a different angle with it where I feel like that's not an issue with the hip hop generation of today. Because mm -hmm. of the internet, because mm -hmm. I, I think I either said it to you personally or um, we said it on another episode. I remember watching the interview with ASAP Ferg um, early on, and you know he's from New York, but you wouldn't have known that 
Nope. If you just heard his music in the beginning, you wouldn't know that at all. And, you know, he was asked a question like, yo, you know, were you always rhyming like this? He was like, no. He was like, well, do you feel like people feel like they want that old New York back instead of New Yorkers really rapping like people from the South? And his answer kind of surprised me. And it was something I never thought about because I'm of a different generation. He was basically saying, yo, with the Internet, we have way more interaction with hip hop fans from across the country and across the world, like direct interaction with them. Whereas we learn each other's slang just by talking to each other, you mm-hmm. know, whereas before, you know, you had the, in our day, right? We had in our day, cause we old, <laughs> you had to, you had to buy that record of that artist from that region that you don't live in. And, try to almost decipher or use interviews to figure out what slang or what he's talking about when he says this, that, and the third. New York is different. It's, you know, there's so many rappers from New York since the beginning. It started hip hop. I mean, it's been enough time for anyone from somewhere else to learn what we meant about a lot of things um, because there were so many examples. But with other regions coming up that wasn't L.A. or New York, you you didn't really have that interaction with somebody, you know, straight up from uh, Philly to tell you this means this, this means that, this block is this, that's why he said that. So it, they influence each other now versus before it was very territorial, right? It was mm. it, it, it felt like there was ownership and New York, for the most part, was none the wiser to what type of hip-hop fans existed outside of New York. Because I've said it before, in New York, people outside of New York really don't need to take offense because we are so competitive. We're competitive with each other in boroughs. That's just the way we live. Uh, But nevertheless, I, I don't necessarily agree with this tweet because like Tone said, Everybody has a bias. You could have been born anywhere. If your mama decided, if your mother lived in New York all her life, burst your ass and went straight down to South Carolina, and that's where you grew up, then that's where you from, right? (laughs) But Michael Jordan could have been born in New York if his parents would have stayed. So, I mean, he was born in New York, but he could have been raised, quote unquote, New Yorker raised in New York. Right, right. That's going to do it for Yince's tweets. What the f- are people talking about on hip-hop Twitter? Everything is being rated by bars right now for some reason. And I believe that because Jadik has did such a good job on Versus, now everyone, every MC that we talk about is going to be compared to Jadik or being compared to rappers who are bar, you know, aficionados. Like, you know, right now, if I name certain rappers, they say, well, they bars ain't tight. This ain't tight. They can't compete with like JD because of people from the East with the bars. And I'm sitting there like, so, okay, what, what happened to someone making dope music? Because what happened was I, I did a, a tweet about Andre 3000 versus JD just, just to, just to get the streets hot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I had literally certain people saying, oh, well, Andre don't have the bars that, that, that uh, JD had. I said, okay. Oh. But are you listening to verses also? Because first of all, I love Jadakiss. He's a dope MC. I said, but you shorten Andre and other MCs who don't always rap with, you know, bar 
uh, bars all the time. It's like, okay, so Ice Cube didn't rap, didn't rap with like bars. Scarface didn't rap with like bar heavy. Outcast, no. You know, say so we're talking about Ice Cube having one of the greatest runs in rap history. Scarface having one of the greatest discographies in rap history. Outcast, arguably the greatest rap group of all time. You can debate that versus Run DMC, Outcast, Public Enemy, whoever. And these, none of these MCs are going to rap the way like Jadakiss rap or rap the way some of your favorite, you know, even like New York rappers rap. And I think that a lot of fans who just love East Coast, they can't see past that. They're not even looking at song structure, lyrics, verses. They were like, yeah, Andre don't have any verses that can even match with any of Jadakiss verses. And I'm like, what, what, what music are you listening to? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's when Jay-Z said, do y'all listen to music or skim through it? What the f***, man? Are you serious? I'm really having these debates with people about some of the most amazing MCs ever who don't use bars, but everyone kept tweeting me saying, but that person don't have the bars, man. They, they bars ain't tight enough. And I'm like, you know what? There's so many people who call themselves hip-hop heads, guys, who they like rap music, but they're not really hip-hop heads because they're, they have very shallow view of the culture and of the music. What do you think about that, Yens? If it's not about the bars, it's not. <laughs> and I like bars. Don't get me wrong. Man, look that—that's I don't know. It's it's um a way to get out of the real conversation. I think to say to use the term bars, uh, you know, just like Tone said, the the. The music speaks for itself. Yeah. You you don't, you know, too short. I wouldn't say too short is a bar heavy MC, but too short got some quality records. And he been out, he been around for a long time. So I I don't I don't know if I trust the bars like that. Of course we know what they mean. Of course we we understand that, right. but I don't think I don't think that that is the the measuring stick at least not for me you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'm not looking at it where's the bars i, I want to you know song structure all, all that stuff of course that goes into it uh but yeah I, I i think the bars is just a word that gets thrown around recently uh to avoid the greater conversation so yeah i feel like uh like you guys said, when it when it comes to the whole thing about bars and that being the bar for what's dope, <laughs> um, I I think it's different for us because we lived through so many decades of of hip hop, where some of these cats don't remember when it was okay to dance, mm, right? right? Like it it was actually expected of you. Two hip hop music, two dance. Hey, yo, um, where's the Kwame? Where's the Kwame bars? Right. Where yo, Kwame yo, where, where's where, where's kid? Kid might be nice. Where's the bars? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's, it's sort of like the nineties is the gift and the curse. Yep. Because mm. hip hop got better, rappers got better lyrically, um, and it sort of became like a standard. But it was like it was just a moment in hip hop. Mm-hmm. That won't go to f- away. Well, it doesn't have to go away, right? But it didn't right. evolve from something else. We forgot what it was like to just move from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. And some there's just a uh and probably because it lasted much longer than the other eras, right? The it lasted much longer than the quote unquote gangster rap era, right? Because mm-hmm. really gangster rap never went away. 
But that era of all those albums in the early 90s, you know, that that went away. All that East Coast stomp that I always say I got tired of quick uh, when everybody else on the East Coast was still doing that. I was like, thank God for death row because I just was I just was tired of hearing, you know, zippity zoo, zippity bob. Like, what are you rapping? God's effect, a few snickers, all the Right, right. Like we loved it when it happened, but oh, I was I, at some point I was like, "Nah, see, Snoop and these niggas they talk about barbecues and shit and having guns and cars like that." I want to hear that because uh, it was real. All right, so what else, uh, Tone? You got anything else? Any any other tweets? Tupac was so political. Interscope had to. They censored him, and that's probably one of the reasons why he got killed and all the stuff like Aww. that. The hip hop not ready yeah. for the, the the depth of Tupac politics and 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 all this and the, what, what Thug Life stood for and all this stuff. But like I said, dude, I was grown when Tupac was alive. Okay, I get it. I said, but <laughs> my my rebuttal was nothing that Tupac was gonna say or, or what he said from Tupacalist now through strictly for my niggas through Millions the World, which I think is his best album, most complete, most honest piece of work. Hadn't been done already. People act like they for, forgot the public enemy at one point was the biggest rap group in the world. I mean, hell, mm. it takes a nation million. It's recorded live in London. The beginning of the damn album starts out in London. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like PE has songs, can't trust it. Black Steel in Our Chaos, all the politically charged shit that Chuck D was saying, it doesn't get any more, you know what I'm saying, blunt and straightforward versus the American government than public enemy. You know what I'm saying? So there was there was nothing that Pop was gonna say that Chuck D hadn't said already on the grand worldwide stage. You know what I'm saying? I've seen Public Enemy perform more than once, and they performed all over the world for years. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. then you had KRS One, Poor Righteous Teachers, the Brand Nubians, Paris, all of these people, S Clan. So there was nothing that was gonna be. People think that Tupac had some message that we that we just didn't we didn't get the chance to hear. You know what I'm and, and, I, and I love Pop. You know what I'm saying? But there's nothing he was going to say was going to change the world. I'm sorry, people. I know it hurts some of the stands out here right now, but it right. is what it is. You know what's, you know what's funny about that? There, There's a small group, but still a group. It happened when he died, and it still happens to this day that say that about Prodigy because of the the album he put out Right before he died, yeah, talked uh, it focused on Illuminati, yeah, it did, mm-hmm. and they like, oh, well, there it is. But little do these intelligent individuals, because I'm not going to call them mother, uh, <laughs> little do they know that Prodigy actually had sickle cell anemia, and the life expectancy is 45 on the dot plenty of people who have passed away before that prodigy died at 45 mm. it wasn't an album it wasn't illuminati I've been rapping about the illuminati since the early 90s man stop yes. it. so it, to your point when it comes to the tupac thing they're so they're so uh attracted mm. to the mystique of yeah. tupac and the mystery and the whole Machiavelli shit. 
Nobody was trying to silence his message. We got his message. We heard Trap. We heard Brennan's Got a Baby. We heard White Man's World. We heard mm-hmm. all the other joints that he had that was conscious. But we also heard Criminal Minded before, and by all means necessary, and uh, the death certificate too. So mm-hmm. it's okay. We heard it takes a nation a million. So there, there's there's no secret thing that we was waiting to get, and we just <laughs> because Park got killed. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that I don't. I don't see where he was being, uh, you know, silenced. His and his his music was was too controversial. Man, no, I don't know what I don't know what this this is about putting him in in that kind of light. If anybody should have got silenced or, or, or should have had problems, would have been Public Enemy and, and Chuck D. Absolutely, they. they pushed that form of music forward and it became a whole thing for a while. It's a shame we don't have it really now the way we did, you know, we do have it, but we don't, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have, like, it was almost like a, I mean, for lack of a better word, like a Renaissance. You had, you know, tone drop the name. You had cats all over had subject matter like that. And and when I say subject matter, I mean subject matter. It wasn't just you know rhyming for the sake of riddling. <laughs> the, these yeah. dudes really had things to say. I you think know, yes. making too much out of it. You know, the dude the dude was dope. He had a, he had a good message and conflicting at times. Yes, but not he wasn't a prophet. I'm sorry, I, I hate to say that, but it, <laughs> it, like you know, like it almost seems like you're looking for somebody to yeah. Emotionally you know connected, connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you want you want that person to be that so badly that that you're willing to, like, just I don't know, man. It's kind of that's the weird thing with Tupac that I always thought was kind of. And know. you know what? Yes, and and they, I call it the the James Dean syndrome. You know, oh, what I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. James you, Dean. Perfect. Yeah, it's like the rebel around the pause, man. It's it's like you know you 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 die a tragic death. At the height of your life, 25 years old, you know what I'm saying? One of the top rappers in terms of popularity, controversial with the bad boy, with the faith and getting shot in the jail. I mean, his life was like a damn movie, you know what I'm saying? So, and it had a tragic ending at his height. So, you know, people was emotionally connected because, you know, Pop was like one of the, the first big rapper to get killed. I mean, people got killed before him, but he was the first, and people died before him. You know, but easy, he had a sickness, you know what I'm saying, an illness. You know what I'm saying? The other people died. You know, Scott LaRock was, you know, and, and, and you know, in New York was popular in, you know, 87, 88, whatever, when he died. But, you know, he wasn't famous around the whole world. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when Tupac got killed, that was something very major. We hadn't seen nobody get murdered like that that was that popular. At that time, until until Big passed, you know, what six seven months later. So, you know, it was a, it was emotional for people who love the culture to see a young brother get killed like that, and then that mystique happened, and it grew and grew and grew every year until like outstanding proportions. It's almost like the Big L thing. As dope as he was, he got way more famous on the internet years after he passed away. And look, check this out. Now you know his mother, his mother, Tupac's mother, Black Panther affiliation. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think somehow that got placed on Tupac's back. It did. You know what I'm saying? And I think that aspect of Tupac's life and his upbringing 
somehow made it. <laughs> It's kind of weird to even be saying it like that, but you know what I'm saying. Like, like the, you taking how his mother was and 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 lived, and like, okay, he's he's an MC, he's rapping, he has some statements here and there, and and music with, with messages. So somehow that Black Panther image is on him, and that I think that also adds to how people feel about him. And, well, and yeah, what, you know. Yeah, you know what it is? It to them it validates anything political and positive he says. Right. Because it's like, oh, you know, and his and his story is it's just unique, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, his mother was pregnant and she was in jail and uh, you know, mm-hmm. all these different mm-hmm. things and she was a black panther and mm-hmm. it's uh it just validates the things he says. So it it sounds like it's coming from someone real which it is right you know his his childhood and his mother's story isn't nothing to overlook you know yeah, based it's, it's off, fascinating right it's fascinating and look it's coming from that's where his lyrics and his energy is coming from but at right. the end of the day like tone said he like like a lot of rappers there were a lot of contradictions in his music um regardless of how good the good was you know right. what i'm saying the political <laughs> was once Tupac even once the whole Biggie comparison started that was the thing that people rode for and it just got it just grew once he died and no one wanted to believe it because you know he was so young and some to them he was really just getting started but to hip-hop fans Pac had been around for a minute in the game Um, and it was remarkable that he got even bigger uh, in 96. Very good episode. Good tweets for the most part to, to spark <laughs> conversation, right? Uh, but what do you think about it? You, the person listening to this episode, do you feel like uh, Tupac's you know, political side is a little too much? Sometimes people take it too far. They think record labels then got him killed or whatever, or the government or whatever. Uh, do you think that hip-hop is whack? If it's not bars, leave your comments. Leave your punk ass comments in the <laughs> if you feel that way in the comment section below. Uh, please know that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. But most importantly, our guest Tony from IntoTheDome.com visit the websites. He has write ups, but he also has his very own podcast, also on YouTube in video form. The link. To that is in the description of this episode. Tone, we want to thank you for hanging out with us on Hip Hop Twitter. Appreciate it, brothers. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the, the this is the most grown manis. That's not a word, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it anyway. Grown manis episode of Hip Hop Twitter, but it's a reflection of the responses that he gives to the dumbest tweets that we talk about. So boom, it's perfect, right? It's perfect. It's, it's what it's what's happening. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.